Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm joined here by Kieran Kelly and Mark Douglas. Newcastle have unfortunately lost their first game of the new Premier League season 1-0 to Arsenal. Uh, a very wet, very so wet and windy uh, conditions out there to play, and it wasn't the best for press nor the players. Kieran, just some of what you you saw. Yeah, was, obviously you had the the backdrop of the boycott going into this, so you always knew it was going to be it. there. There are a lot of plot lines and subplots already written. Um, I think going into it, you thought the key, as I said, was that Newcastle started the game really well and, and raced out and there were elements of that. I think there was one 15-minute spell where they really flourished. Um, obviously, had Joe Linton's header going wide, Shelby hitting the post and you kind of felt, you know, they really had to take one of those chances as much as they were half chances. Arsenal grew into the game, started to dominate and then for me, it, it came down to what happened before the hour mark. Um, Films comes on and it just he didn't seem to know where he was playing or that he thought he was playing in midfield and even though he eventually went out to the left it was only about two minutes he was playing midfield the rhythm of the team I just felt was disrupted and then obviously you had the the goal happening uh, not too long later and they never really recovered from the goal and the worry for me is um, you know they had two shots on target the whole game and you'd struggle really to remember Leno actually being made to sweat and that's going to be the issue going forward. Of course, Arsenal are Arsenal, but for me, I thought this was a good time to play Arsenal in, in terms of trying to get a point. Um, they're obviously without a few players, a lot of their new signs too haven't settled in. So it's a tough one, um, but you, you know they have to take the positives in, in some of those passages of play and think, right, Norwich, go again and, and obviously look to get a, a better result. I know one of your main concerns, Mark, is where the goal's going to come from. And I think you'll probably share... Kieran's view that they had to take. I think there was probably they probably had three chances. Um, Juliette and forced Leno into a save. Like Kieran says, Shelby at the post um, with an effort. And if you're going to beat Arsenal, you're going to beat the top teams. You need to take those chances. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, I think we've said it pretty much throughout the pre-season, even despite you know a, a transfer window that that kind of has been okay. You know, I don't think you can. Have too many complaints about some of the business that they've done, but I did I did worry about where the goals are going to come from because, again today, you know, especially I think what was the worry in the second half was they didn't create anything either, which was a big worry. I mean, Almiron, um, you know, he looks lively to an extent, but I, I don't know whether that's the best position for him necessarily. You know, he doesn't look like a, a you know a typical number ten there. I think he's got pace to burn, so playing him a bit deeper where he can maybe run in is is work last season um, and you know you do wonder whether whether that might need a, a bit of a change as well but there were times when the midfield was a little bit more open than we saw last season and that's meant to I think that's a deliberate ploy because they're meant to play on the front foot a little bit more but you know I think when you lose it's all very well if you're winning games but if you're losing like you did today then you're going to leave yourself open to accusations that you you know tactically you, you may be not as tight as you, you could be but um, yeah the big worry I think is just the lack of the lack of sort of chances in the second half, even the chances they got in the first half, they weren't 
you know, I mean, there was one, I think, where they opened them up and put a ball in and Jolinton um, headed wide. But, um, you know, I mean, you're not going to create a lot of chances against Arsenal because they're going to dominate possession as they do against most teams. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to take this as the um, you know, test case for what's going to happen the whole of the season. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a good time to play Arsenal and they could have, they could have taken advantage of it. But, yeah, worry about goals. One of the things that Bruce has been criticised for in the past is his lack of... Um, some people criticise him for his tactics and obviously today we saw Williams come on and there were a lot of people saying well what on earth is the formation now and he did feel questions about that in the press conference um, is that just you know it's, it's kind of a first day thing and, and, and these mistakes will be ironed out or, or is it something a bit more to worry about do you think? It was funny as initially I thought I made a mistake and thinking he was playing midfield but yeah he was actually came on in midfield yeah I think for me, more than anything, it sums up that a lot of these guys have had such a quick turnaround. So obviously Newcastle made five signs in 16 days. I don't think any other club has had to do so much business in those final two and a half weeks of the window. So for me, it was more settling in, uh, players knowing their positions, um, passages of play, having patterns of play. Bruce hasn't really had time to put that stamp. He's, he's obviously put a stamp on the team in the three or so weeks he's worked with them, but I think it's going to take him time. And the reality is he's it's such a tough job as it is let alone when you don't have time and he has to get a result against Norwich it almost feels like that now which is ridiculous to say when you're only two games in but the idea as I've said before Benitez had credit in the bank to go 10 games without a win at the start of last season but you feel with Bruce he knows himself that they really have to start getting points on the board and that's ultimately what he's judged on but I I think it, it kind of it, not so much his tactics I mean he he sticks to the three-five-two. At one point, they had you know Almiron, some Maxim, and Joe Linton all on the field at once, and he was still playing that formation. And you're kind of thinking Richie playing centre midfield. It was a bit, you know, could he have shifted system maybe? But it's it's ifs and buts again. He he's convinced three-five-two is the best way forward, and he you know he keeps going back to when he was Palace manager X years ago. He played it as a bit of a revolutionary. He feels that that's the best system going forward. But of course. Um, thing that Bruce had before was how he adapted when another manager changed system um, during the game and, and in-game changes and I think that's something to keep an eye on but for me it's just the signings need time as well A lot of people questioned his bench as well you know, I think it was four defenders on no midfielders but he explained the reason behind that and that just seemed to be bad luck as opposed to his actual choice to leave uh, the likes of Key and Mighty Longstaff off the bench Yeah, he said that there was Question marks over the fitness of Lascelles and the fitness of um, Dummett as well, and he said that's what that was. That was the reason for no midfielder on the bench. Again, you know, the, the, the fact that he's got this job and the fact that he's you know his controversial choice for it means that things are going to be pulled apart in a way that they never were under under the previous manager. Um, so, but that's just the fact of life here. You know, he, he knows that he's taken this job, and you know he has to convince people pretty early on. Um, so he leaves himself open to that. I mean, you know, if I was going to be hypercritical, you'd say, well. You know, don't play one of those injured those players then, and, and bring somebody in midfield. You know, it, it did seem strange not to have Key on the bench um, when you've got Kraft on there. You know, maybe you could have put Kieran Clark in there. I don't know. It's a, it's it's you know, like we said, you can pull everything apart, can't you? And, and you know, we didn't used to do it under Benitez, so it's an interesting one, isn't it? Like, you know, is it maybe slight double standards there? But he he has got you know he the, the problem is he's got those questions over the legitimacy of his of why he's there because you know he, he's come from not a different a different sort of background so he, he's going to have to get the big calls correct 
Um, otherwise, people are going to start pulling apart things. But I think, you know, um, a bit unfortunate, really, that John Joe Shelby came off injured. But if you're going to play three three in central, sort of central midfield, you, you would think you'd have a midfielder on the bench. Um, but, you know, it, as you said, it, it's one of these, isn't it, where I, I think, uh, you know... It, it, it's not the biggest thing in the world, but it obviously has, has come and had an impact today. But I think the Willems thing worried me more because, you know, the margins are so tight in these games. You can't afford to have even little... It seems very small and he sort of said, oh, it was, it was resolved in two minutes. But did it then have an, an impact on Willems then making the mistake? The margins are so, so tight in this division. They have to get them right, Newcastle, because otherwise they're not going to pick up the points. Um, and so, you know, they could have got a kind of come. If they come away with a nil nil today, you're saying that's a good result against Arsenal, but it's cost them. It's cost them today, I think. Obviously, off the field, talks of boycotts, and there was, you'd probably see maybe about 300 fans who marched up from Sports Direct on Northumberland Street up to St. James Park, and then the attendance was just over 47,000. Um, for you, did it have an impact on on what happened on the pitch? Um, not necessarily. I mean, the the atmosphere you kind of felt it inside three minutes. You had the first rendition of who's that team you call United, but I, I felt it kind of petered out a little bit. I mean, the there was a few roars and that, but yeah, it was it was a tough one because to the naked eye, it was really the back of the Lisa's end. You kind of noticed the the gaps and the fans who weren't there. Um, but yeah, I don't think the players will. You know, they're, the players are players. They cocoon themselves. They will have seen, you know, that there are forty-eight that plus there that they were there to support them. I don't think it would have affected them. But in terms of the atmosphere, yeah, it. it you know, we we've heard of these boycotts before and and X-minute walk-ins and stuff. But it was probably it was effective. And um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens next because um, you know, there's a lot of question marks about this whole summer and how certain fans felt and how they came together certain groups and it's just where they go next you know what what is the ultimate end goal for them for you mark how do you think it, it impact on the day if at all well i think the the big issue really here is is not necessarily what happened on, on one day it's it's what's happened over the summer and the impact that it has on the fat on the people on newcastle fans relationship with the football club and i don't think you could say today that the club hasn't been a little bit diminished or the relationship hasn't been a little bit diminished by what's happened this summer because the atmosphere was flat. Okay, there were 48,000 here, of course, that included season ticket holders as well. But the atmosphere, you know, the last time they played here was against Liverpool. You know, admittedly, totally different circumstances, night game. There was a lot of, like, excitement around that game. But it was nothing like it. Um, And they're all having to reconvince people that what Newcastle stands for, what Newcastle's about. It didn't feel today like a kind of ferocious atmosphere. You know, the, the, there was no war flags today. Um, you know, I'm personally gutted that they're, they're not here. Um, that's been such a big part of the fan culture here. Um, you know, fans at each other's necks on social media. Um, you know, people outside the ground, people inside the ground. Um, you know, this is a football club that it's it's, it's huge for for the city. This football club, and it is something has gone wrong. When the one thing that you should be able to rely on here is that everybody will get behind the club if they think they're doing the right things. Um, and and clearly today, you know, although there were forty eight thousand people there, it's clear that there are a lot of people who support Newcastle United who are still thoroughly unconvinced by what's going on at the football club. So. You know, 
those protest groups, you know, that they have the best intentions for Newcastle United at heart. I don't think you can hammer them just because there are 48,000 here today. Um, the club have more work to do. I think they've made some more positive noises in the programme notes, and things that they're saying and doing, but they have to go through with it. We've heard it all before. You know, they have to then invest in multiple transfer windows. They have to, you know, they have to hope that Steve Bruce is the right man. He, you know, he's made some good noises. But, you know, I'm sorry, I, I do feel the club has been diminished by what's happened this summer um, in some ways. And it's up to them now to, to sort of, we've said a bit, I've, I've criticised a lot of things that have happened this summer. Um, but, you know, you're kind of willing to give the manager a chance. Obviously, the head coach has to, you have to give them a chance. And you have to give the new players a chance and the new way of doing things a chance. But, um, you know, they chose, they've chosen to go a certain path. And, you know, they have to reconvince the people of Newcastle that it's the right way to go. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you listen through. So here now with Lee Ryder. Um, Lee, is the result, the 1-0 defeat to Arsenal, as bad uh, as people are making out? Well, I can understand the disappointment, first and foremost, because nobody likes losing games. Uh, Steve Bruce came in, wasn't a popular choice, so it's understandable that people will lash out straight away on you know social media and stuff like that but when you take a little step back from it and probably when you watch the game again on your match of the day and night or, or watch watch a replay of it um, I, I think Newcastle first half they did relatively well I thought that they looked solid the formation worked they created chances um, they battled hard it was just the second half, that lapse of concentration where, you know, teething problems, you know, a new player making his debut goes on the pitch, goes in the wrong position, then he's settling himself down into the game, trying to get a few touches and then is involved in a a mishap where the ball's played to him, um, loses out and then Arsenal really don't need, they don't need extra help, uh, they got it on that occasion. For me, though, I think the defence reacted slowly to the ball being played in. Um, acres of space, really, for Aubameyang to take a, a, a touch and then, you know, a quality finish. And um, that, you know, when you spend that much money on a striker, that that's what they can do. Do you feel that? I mean, I think we all expected this when Benitez went and Bruce came in that it wouldn't be kind of as strict that defence. It wouldn't be, you know, Benitez had drilled it in and it was very regimental in a way. Today we saw glimpses of, of how open Bruce is going to play and the effect that has on the defence. And we saw that for Arsenal's goal because Aubameyang uh, found himself in ache as a space. Um, is that is that something that worries you going forward? Is it a case that you, you're just going to wait and see how things progress over the next month, six weeks, and then and then come to your judgment? I mean, you've got to give you've got to give it an opportunity to unfold. Uh, the only problem is is that a lot of people didn't want this appointment. Um, they wanted Rafa to stay, so. That that is probably going to hang over Newcastle until it, they can get a couple of positive results. Had Newcastle lost one nil under Rafa Benitez to Arsenal, people might have looked at it differently. They might have said, you know, it was a narrow defeat, and they nearly got a point against a good team despite you know not spending as much. So it's about perceptions at the end of the day. I think that that's what. Steve Bruce is going to be battling against what the way people view him because he's not Rafa, and I think that is going to be a problem. But 
how do you how do you follow Rafa? Whoever came in would have a, a difficult task to do that. So it's going to be tough for him. But ultimately today, if I look at that, just from you know from a complete footballing point of view, they almost got a good result today. Better finishing, more time, more confidence. Uh, Joel Linton coming into it. Yeah, had a couple of good chances, um, a couple of good openings. Second half was a bit disappointing in terms of how much they, they created. Um, Almiron's not firing on all all cylinders just yet. But, you know, um, St Maximum come on and he, ex- he excited the crowd. He, you know, he had a couple of unbelievable moves. So I think eventually when, when the sharpness comes and the confidence returns, then um, I think Newcastle, they're capable of getting results. I, I don't think they're going to get relegated. Like, a lot of people are saying that. A lot of the pundits have like tipped them being the bottom three or rock bottom of the table. They're certainly not going to be in and around them positions. Uh, I think they're going to be okay. For me, I walk away from here tonight and I and I look at the positives of it and I think that you know they go down to Norwich next week. They've got they're in with a chance of you know if they're going to be one week on um, from this. Look at the positives from today. Take them down to Norwich next week and then hopefully they can get something and they go from there. You mentioned one of the positives there was Alan Maxim, like you say, excited the fans. I uh, really did look like he, he can create something. If only he could keep his foot and he slipped over twice. Granted, I mean it was horrendous out there. Um, most of the press ended up watching the second half from inside because it was that wet. Our laptops couldn't survive. So, try to think what it'd been like actually on the pitch. And he did fall over, but again conditions. But the fact he was in them positions and when he did hit the floor, everyone was ah, oh, you know. Because if he'd stayed on his feet, he was he was he was in an excellent position to have a pop at goal. He did have a shot, um, unfortunately didn't get any power behind it, and it was easy for Leno to make the save. Other positive, so there was a lot of nice passing um, in the second half. Even though it was a bit of a, a bit of a, it wasn't the best second half. There was glimpses of you know nice one touch passing the interlink between Joe Linson, Almiron, I think Richie. Yeah, so I mean they're the positives that we've got to take and like you say apply them to Norwich. Absolutely, and I, I, I just think really it, today was always going to be tough. Uh, but I, I think they made a good fist of it. As I say, we lost to Arsenal around this time last year as well. Uh, they're a decent team. They're going to be pushed for the top four. Going to be in Europa League. Um, I mean, if I did have one grumble today, it would be that you know there was another substitution to be made there. Uh, Muto looked really keen to come on last. 10, 12 minutes, might have nicked your goal. Um, listened to the manager's press conference afterwards, said he already had three forwards on the pitch. But just, to, just you know, maybe Joel needed a breather, you know. But, you know, that's just a personal thing. I'm sure he's got his reasons for it. Um, but overall, I'm not walking away from here utterly dejected. I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, it, it was a, there was a positives in it. Um, we'll go away again and look at look at it again tonight. The highlights, as I, as I always do personally, I always sit and, sit back and watch through the whole game once again to, to have a second look. And you know, it's, it's always different when the few people get on TV from where we are, just above the dugout. Um, but I, I've seen enough. I've seen enough from the team. I mean, I thought for me, Matt Ritchie, wholehearted, um, is the type of player Newcastle going to need. This season, if they're going to survive, I mean, full-blooded, moved around different positions, just come back from a hamstring injury. I, I, I thought we had a really good game myself, but opinions uh, will alter around around the game. And 
you know, we'll move on from this uh, next week. Go, to, go down to Norwich, tough trip. There we have it. Well, thank you very much for joining us. If you head over to chroniclelives.co.uk, keep with it with all the latest Newcastle United news. Thank you very much. <laughs>